Hello and welcome to the Smells Like Infinite Sadness podcast. I'm your host, Michael Taylor. For those of you who don't know, I run the website, SmellsLikeInfiniteSadness.com. It's a blog covering the best alternative rock from the 80s and 90s up to present day. I'm a proud middle-aged Gen Xer who is still obsessed with the music of his youth and loves to talk about it. This week our guest is Tyson Todd Mead. He's best known as the frontman for the Chainsaw Kittens, who are one of the most underrated and amazing alternative bands of the 1990s. He was deeply influential in the genre, influencing everyone from Nirvana to the Smashing Pumpkins. And he's still putting out great music today with his new solo record, Robbie and the Nuclear Family, which was just released for Record Store Day via Jet Plastic Recordings. In addition to his musical output, Mead is stepping into the political arena, recently surprising his fans by announcing he's running for Congress to represent Oklahoma's 5th District. I spoke to Mead about jumping into politics, his new solo album, his recent Chainsaw Kittens reunion, and more. So sit back and enjoy, and I'll be back afterwards to play a track off the new album. So yeah, let's get right to it. So I know that you're going through a huge undertaking here. You're announcing you're running for the fifth seat in in Oklahoma Congress. Is that correct? Yes. Well, it's the United States Congress. It's it's the uh, in Oklahoma, but it's yeah, the fifth district uh, U.S. congressional run. So it, it's yeah, it's national. It's Washington. So when did you decide to do this? What were the factors that made you decide to do this? And, and yeah, just tell me how, how you kind of came to, to decide to, to throw your hat in the ring here. Well, it, as you, as I'm sure you've seen that there was the teachers, the huge teachers strike and, um, you know, last week and the week before, and it just really hit me. Part of it was it, it, it just made me angry that the legislators and the and the governor and the people who are supposed to be serving the teachers was going against them and saying, oh, you shouldn't be earning a living wage. I mean, basically, that's what they were telling them. Oh, well, you don't deserve to earn a living wage. It, it were the 49th state in the nation for teacher pay. I don't even know who's who's last, but um so that it just hit my heart. And then also that they organized so well and so they were just so organized in such a, you know, nonviolent way. But they that they made themselves known and they organized. I felt like they organized the right way. And so it was also an inspiration to me that that, hey, you know, if you organize when when we have to like speak up and go, this has to change. Uh, we have to, you know, the teachers who usually are the more passive um, members of our society, they they came up and just really made their voices known. And even though, you know, some people might think they lost because they didn't get what they wanted and, and, and Oklahoma legislators and our governor, Mary Fallon is still, uh, just doing everything in their power to not help the teachers at all. Um, at, at the same time, even though people would say they lost, I think it's just the beginning. And that's why I, I want it. I I'm running for Congress is because I fortunately have a loud enough voice as a public persona that I can make their I, I, I can I can 
help them. And I, I hope that others, you know, rise up to the occasion too. But I know that I can, and my heart is telling me that's what I have to do. And, and, and I can't go against my heart. And is it, is it also part of a frustration? Because I mean, I know, you know, Oklahoma, I'm, I live in Texas. So I mean, I'm in the same boat where you're, you know, having oh, yeah. pr- progressive thoughts in a, in a red state. And is that, have you heard a lot of frustration from some teachers, I guess, who feel that they're just not being represented by, by you know, the powers that be in, in the state? Yeah, a- absolutely. You know, I mean, the, the, the state seems to want to hold us back instead of move us forward. But, but the things I know from living here and from uh, being around all the people I'm around, everyone really – for the most part, wants the same thing. They want the state to be a nice place to live, uh, where you your children will get a, a a you know competitive education where they can go out in the world and succeed. I mean, it's just it's just things that are. There's no downside to what we want, and and it's. Um, you know, a few years ago, they brought in the lottery and the lottery was going to pay for education. And what happened is they they took the education funds away and said, oh, yeah, it's just going to be lottery based. And they put those funds that they were using for education in other places. And it just seems to me like, you know, it, it might be too late to like backpedal, but why didn't they wait until the lottery got to a certain level to, you know, have it completely replace the funds that because they already had those funds earmarked for education anyway. And so, yeah, I mean, it's just like I feel like the there there is an apathy, as you know, which I'm I've been as guilty of as anyone, because you feel like. When you vote, you're just voting for another person who's a fast talker and isn't really serving your interests. So mm-hmm. there's no, there never seems to be a candidate candidate that wants to hear every voice. Like today, my postman was um, came by and he is delivering my mail, and I, I'm I'm fr- I'm always really friend friendly with him. His name's Reggie. He's just really, um, you know, I just always try to. Anyone that is in the neighborhood that I see every day, I try to talk to him and I talk to him every day. And today I asked him about his health insurance. So I was like, are you happy with your health insurance as a state employee? And and at first he was like, yeah, it's OK. And then I said, I'm not I'm not checking on you. I, I'm I'm serving you. You're 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 I, I serve you. You don't serve me. And then once he knew that I wasn't, you know, uh trying to, you know, trick him up or something. He went on for 10 minutes about the outrageousness of his health insurance and how you have to jump through all these hoops. And and I just want to make everything transparent, like when it comes to health insurance, when it comes to budgets, I just want more transparency in the government as well. And so people know exactly what's going on. And that's very unpopular with politicians because – it's a, you know, it's just a constant shell game. It seems like, you know. Mm-hmm. And I and I know that you know you're you mentioned in your email to me this whole thing's been kind of like jumping out of an airplane. Can you 
tell me what how it's kind of impacted you personally and like your family what's going to be kind of the response you've been getting and also from like your supporters and friends what has it felt like so far as far as the feedback that you're getting and just your own personal feelings about <laughs> hey, my, uh, okay uh, yeah. uh well when i taught wayne coin you know from the flaming lips lives across the street and when i first told him i said hey wayne i had just announced my candidacy and i said hey wayne i'm running for u.s congress and his first response was, why would you want an awful job like that? That's an awful job. Why would you even want to do that? And I told him, <laughs> and I told him my heart's not giving me a choice. And he said, well, I, I fully support you. And, and so in that regard, I think I've short-circuited a few brains because it's so not what – I mean, it's completely – left i mean it's a complete left turn of what i would ever ever do and uh and i the one thing i guess how it's affected me the most is i'm getting i'm getting a quick education in what's going on in oklahoma with uh we were the fourth largest human trafficking place because um there's three major Interstates that intersect in Oklahoma City. Um, we were starting to have prison reform, but not enough. We we need more prison reform because the prison ref, the prisons are uh, privatized and they're making money off of having inmates. So the more inmates they have, the more money they make, mm-hmm. which is nuts. And there, there's just so many problems that you don't know about on the periphery that you learn when you know when you when as in this position i'm i'm I'm, um learning about all this and then i'm learning a lot of things going on internationally i i just talked to a retired u.s diplomat and um and he gave me like all this information internationally uh that i think is really valuable um and then there's also you know john boehner the retired uh u.s house speaker uh, who's republican just endorsed marijuana so you know marijuana like legalizing marijuana because it's a, it's a 70 billion dollar industry mm-hmm. and that's one of my big uh i i want to legalize mar- marijuana we we look at those um States like Colorado and Washington and places where it's legal and all and, you know, there's just so much money and jobs and and such coming into those states. And I, I there's not there's not a big enough downside to say, oh, we shouldn't do this, you know. And so you mentioned you got education, a living wage, uh, healthcare. You just mentioned things. Is there anything else that's on your platform that that you're striving for that you want to make a part of your core message? Um, a part of another part of my core message would be transparency in the government, where we know more what's going on, where uh, where people aren't kept in the dark about. I mean, I know there's places you can go to find find it but i want to be able to be the guy that can go to town hall meetings and say hey this is what's going on uh i i'm trying to do what i can for everyone 
and I want to do what I can for everyone. This is this is what's this is what's happening in our government. I think you should know. And I want to be, you know, I, I also want to be as impartial as possible. I'm running as a Democrat, but I I, I really feel that even the Republicans, we all want, we really all want the same thing. So I want to bring, I would like to bring unity as well to the, to the government. And I, I don't know if that's an impossible task, but that's, uh, I would like to, for the Democrats and the Republicans to work closer together more, you know, and I know because it seems like there's so much, um, there's just so much maliciousness between the two parties, mm-hmm. you know, and and I, I, I don't think they're, I would like to try to, oh, you know, diffuse that if I can. And do you also think, I mean, I, I kind of see that there's been such a backlash to Trump because, I mean, he obviously won the election, but he's been so polarizing and so uniformly unpopular and and you see so many women getting into elections now and and so many absolutely do you feel that's kind of almost had like a like a positive backlash as far as people are saying we're not going to stick with this you know being told we're going to do this we're going to do that you're you're not going to tell me how to live my life and kind of having a yeah yeah absolutely i think everyone is coming going you can't and, and with that as well i want i think that brings up another i have you know, I have my platform, but then I have all the things that I want to push for. And that's everyone has a voice, you know, uh, Muslims, blacks, uh, Native Americans, whites, Hispanics, everyone has a voice. And it's not just a core group. And I really want to push for that. I also want to investigate their like um the incarceration rate of women and how they are pushed, you know, a lot of times they feel like they have no, I mean, I'm not women, men too. I I don't want to be accused of sexism, but how people are pushed into doing uh, like the human trafficking where they, the way the laws are, if you, uh, with drugs, you get like a life sentence with you. If you're trafficking humans, you get two or three years. And mm-hmm. so there is this this um, and, and there is simple things we can do uh, with literacy, like, uh, you know, partnering private companies with public companies, uh, private companies to sponsor these like literacy programs and really step up on that and give kids from the beginning a fighting chance so they won't so they don't wind up in prison later and so the uh teachers don't have as many problem children in the classrooms and and that sort of thing you know and i guess one of the the worst necessities of of, you know being in politics you know from everything that i've read is of course is the fundraising aspect that's yes so have you started getting into dipping your toes into those waters and have you kind of decided on how you're going to approach that? Yeah, I, I have. And, and I've told my, I've told my team, I have a really great team put together and I've told them I I'll, now that all this is happening, I pace a lot. I <laughs> pacing a whole lot. But I've told my team that I would rather lose with love than win with hate. 
so and that goes with fundraising too we we would rather not take we won't take the money that we feel is dirty money as opposed to we're there i'm not on i'm not necessarily on the fundraising side of it because i have people doing that but i am uh, i will be going and having dinners with people here and there and that and that actually some of that is fundraising but a lot of that is i want to have dinners with anyone who wants to have me for dinner just so i can talk about what i want to do and and i want i want to be a very public uh, oh a very public person about my campaign because i ju- i don't want to hide anything i want my campaign to be tr- very transparent too and, you know, since you're going headfirst into politics, you know, you've had, you know, your years of some years of being a musician, you've even been a teacher, but, you know, music's been kind of your first love. Are you kind of concerned to how you're going to balance that or how, or if you're even going to approach that? Or what do you think you've given any thought oh, as to how to keep those two worlds, you know, uh, You know, to me, it's like Elvis went into the army and it's kind of the same difference. I, I I'm going to go into this and... If it turns out that I'm needed more for my state and maybe for my government, then, uh, you know, if it, if it becomes where I'm, that's where I'm needed, then I will, I will gladly serve because I feel like I'm in a position where, you know, I'm so grateful for this, the place that I am that I want to return the favor to my, you know, my, my Oklahoma has always been very kind to me from even from the beginning. And I just feel like it's my turn to be even kinder or as kind to Oklahoma, I guess, you know. And you were mentioning earlier that you, in addition to this, you've got your album, you're robbing the nuclear family coming out. So when is that official launch date and how has that been going as far as getting that ready to, to, well, you know, it's been really great because it's, it's an official record store day release and it comes out on the 21st record store day. And, you know, I, I, with my albums, I never do really this big, like, um, you know, I, I never do this big whatever, like, oh, it's here. I just, you know, kind of put them out and let them lead their life. And if people like it, that makes me happy. But but if people don't hear it, well, maybe someday they will. And they'll be like, oh, my gosh, how did I how did I miss this record? You know. And I know that last year you guys got together for, for some Chainsaw Kitten performances. Was that was that a lot of fun to get to do that and kind of revisit Revisit that era? Yeah, yeah. You know, it was bittersweet because we lost Eric, our drummer. But it was there was a there was a real beautiful, um, I guess a real beautiful sheen or whatever to it because Eric and I, you know, we'd 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 all. I, I talked to Trent, our guitar player, about every you know every few days or so, but. Eric and Matt, our drum drummer and bass player, I didn't. I don't talk to as often. And Eric and I, 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 I love them, but we don't. We lost touch because I do not lost touch. But we didn't weren't really talking. And then he, he got sick, and 
um, he got sick and then he got real sick and we thought he was maybe that he would survive. Um, you know, we, we didn't know he was as sick as he was, but a week before he passed away, I got to spend three hours with him and I got to tell him what he meant to me and how much I loved him and how the kittens wouldn't be the kittens without him. And, and we just got to have that conversation that you don't, a lot of times you don't get with someone you love that um, has been such a huge part of your life. And, uh, and so it cast a bit of a shadow over the performance because he didn't play and, and Trent found a, a, Trump found a drummer that, you know, he records with a lot to replace Eric in the performance. And we we didn't want to cancel because we'd already committed. But but without Eric, it really it's just not the kittens, you know, and 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 um, Ty Clark, the drummer, he did really great. But, you know, our 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 the Chainsaw Kittens is Eric. You know, he he even though he wasn't on the first two records when he came in, it you know, cemented our sound into just the powerful, um, you know, knock him dead kind of sound that he gave it, you know? And so did that make it kind of challenging to perform without him? Was it really emotional? Yeah, to- it, it was emotional and challenging and, and, and Trent, uh, and Ty, the, the replacement drummer, um, they practiced for, Oh, that we would we would all practice because Ty came in like three days before we were to perform. And so they would practice until one or two at night, just going through, making sure that Ty knew all the changes. So, yeah, it was it was challenging. I mean, it was I'm glad we did it. But it also with this whole campaign that I'm going through, I've had all these sorts of last minute, like, okay, we've got to, you know, we've got to figure out this at the last minute. We've got to readjust this at the last minute. So, so in a way, everything I've done before that, you know, being an educator in New York and and then in China for over 10 years, all of this really does feed into what I'm doing now, which is I never would have, I never would have predicted it or, or thought that this is what would happen. But but it all, you know, in in this cosmic way seems to be working out in this weird cosmic way perfectly, you know? And so if you had to, I guess, pin it down to two things, what is the thing you're most excited about as far as jumping into this political arena? And what is the thing that I guess you're most concerned about or, or probably the, the least thing that you're looking forward to as far as this is concerned? Uh, I think... What I'm most excited about is that maybe I I really have a chance to make a change because I have so many people behind me and I want to I'm I'm going into it with a pure heart and not from a, a political career standpoint that you know if I if it happens where I'm needed and I stay or whatever happens win lose I just feel like it's exciting to get this chance and that people believe in me enough that they want to give me the chance to at least run. And then, um, the, the hard part of course is just trying to keep my always 
keep my uh, the the even temper and and not and 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 when people are not necessarily very nice, I want to still try to take the high road. You know, just always taking the high road is absolutely what I want to do. But since I've I, and I have been in, you know, like in in the kittens, I've I've had, you know, people say, you know, nasty things about me or whatever. And 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 there you can respond, however. But in politics, in this when I'm a public servant, I feel like, OK, I I I love how. Obama would respond when he would be attacked or whatever. I mm-hmm. want to have that, you know, no matter what you think of him as a president or as a person, I think his whole demeanor is something that all of us should uh, strive for. And even, even everyday life, non-politician, I, I just think he has a real sort of class to him that we need to, you know, bring back to politics. Absolutely. It's certainly missed right now. That That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're getting the exactly. exact exact opposite of that at, at the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so and with with that, I have I mean, this is a joke, but I'm I'm going to push for a, a objectify man day since uh, since women are objectify objectified so often. I'm I'm saying, well, maybe it's the men's turn to get objectified for once, you know, <laughs> and. You know, you mentioned your your album again. Are you planning any other musical project at the moment, or is this strictly you're you're going into politics and you're not really going to even try to even think about anything musically until this is kind of settled? Well, you know, I actually have a soundtrack for a film coming out too that I totally forgot about, and that's uh, that is really for the most part finished, and so that will be that'll come out while I'm in office and it's, it's sort of a political film, which was not in any, uh, you know, I mean, it's like all this stuff that's unplanned sounds like it's totally planned in conjunction with what I'm doing. And it's just like this cosmic coincidence. And what is, can you talk about the film at all? What, when is that coming out or Um, what we, it's still getting like the final sort of, um, you know, all the post-production things are being figured out. And, and so I don't really know it's, uh, I'll have more information later. So I, I don't really want to say anything about it yet until, uh, because <coughs> it's my friend Keshav who, um, I met him because of the film, but, uh, he's the director and, and, and I, don't want to say anything without him approving me, you know, all of that okay. stuff. But it, it, but I will definitely, yeah, I will. You'll definitely be in the loop on that one. Excellent, excellent. Well, I guess that pretty much covers all my questions. Is there anything else you want to say to people as far as you know the new album coming out and as far as what they can do regarding your campaign, like a website to go to or camp? Yeah, yeah. I have a um, I have a crowd pack. Um, you know, just go to crowdpack.com, uh, C-R-O-W-D-P-A-C.com and do a Tyson Todd Mead search in there, you know, and that's where you can donate to my fund. And, um, then I have on Facebook, I'm Tyson Todd Mead for Congress. And, 
You know, I mean, really, the thing that I, I really would like to stress is for anyone who's not happy with the current situation, we need to just, I mean, there's been marches, there's been demonstrations, and, and whatever it is that you do to make a difference, all of us should try to make a difference and not let the the people who are running thing running things run things because I feel like I also feel like you know when when we had the school shooting in uh, Florida, I just was so proud. I mean, of the millennials and how they handled that, the mm-hmm. students there and how they handled that, and they and um, they were you know, attacked by the conservative media. And it just, it just like all of all, everything that's going on has added to my, okay, I want to go in and change. And, and I want to be, you know, I want to be the, I also want to be the guy who represents the millennials that, that, because I think they are such a, um, I think they're, they're obviously going to form the future, but I really, have such hope for them, you know, because they really uh, are, they have, one thing I've noticed is that they, in school, a lot of the, uh, my kids or my friend's kids are competitive in school with their grades, which was something that I never was. And that <laughs> seems to be a thing, like they compete to see who can, who can get the best grades, you know. And I wasn't doing that at all when I was that age. <laughs> yeah, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. So I wish you the best of luck. If I could vote in Oklahoma, I would. <laughs> but all the best. Thanks for talking to me today. Well, thank you. All right. Well, have a great day. Thanks, Tyson. Okay. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Take cool. care. Bye. Bye. Well, I enjoy talking to Tyson Day. Hope you guys enjoy listening to that as well. You can order Tyson's new album, Robbing the Nuclear Family, on JetPlasticsRecording.com. And you can donate to his congressional campaign by visiting crowdpack.com slash campaign slash 382971 slash Tyson Todd Mead. All right, we'll wrap up today with the new song off the new album. It's called He's the Candy. It's a really cool rocking track. And I'll leave you with that and talk to you guys next week. (laughs) 